Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi friends, before we start the show, we want to acknowledge recent news about the racist, anti-black, anti-indigenous remarks leaked from a conversation between LA City Council President Nuri Martinez and council members Gil Cedillo and Kevin De Leon with Los Angeles County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera. We at Tamarindo are disgusted by the remarks and know that there is absolutely no place for that kind of language in the type of world that we want to see. In contrast to that, this episode is a celebration of inclusion. It was recorded live on October 6th at the Pop-Up in Highland Park. You'll hear a musical performance by Irene Diaz and Carolyn Cardoza and a conversation with two inclusive leaders, Eunices Hernandez and Rudy Espinosa. Eunices, by the way, Austin racist council member Gil Cedillo. So we're extra excited for this conversation that you're about to hear. Thank you. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. We're so excited. Like we don't get to do be live and in person. So we just want to thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, what's up? Yeah, so awesome. So beautiful. Um, so we want to know where are y'all coming from? We want to know who's coming from the furthest, because if you're here, like we know that can take a minute. So, all right. Who's from Highland Park? Raise your hand if you're actually from Highland Park. Who's from? Yes, hey. yes, of course. CD1 represent. So okay. other, other, other East Siders, anyone else from the East Side? I guess hey. technically me, because I'm in CD1 too. All yeah. right. Who took more than two freeways to get here? Raise your hand. Awesome. Whoa. Y'all are, the, y'all are the real MVPs. Who came from the West Side? Woo! 
All right, so Westsiders, where did you come from? Because we have a special prize for whoever came out here longest. Because we know you spent a lot of money to get here on that gas, so. <laughs> well, let's see. Inglewood. Okay, did anybody come from farther it. than Inglewood? Anybody, anybody? El Monte. El Monte. I think that's a little closer. I don't know. Whittier? I think Whittier is further. Is that further? Can wow. someone? Wow, Whittier. All right, Whittier. Whittier is what my friend says. From All right, Carla from Whittier, come, come on up here. Yes, you win a prize. You win a prize. So you get a special pencil, a sticker pack, and postcard courtesy of the so pop. Loud. It's so loud. Thank yes, Yay. thank you. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let me tell you what's in store for all of you. Hello, hello. Keep coming in. Um, we're so grateful that you're here. We are going to let you see what it's like to do our, our catch-up, our little que pasa. Then we have a fantastic musical guest performance. And then we're gonna have our fabulous interview. And in between all of this, we're gonna read a couple of your papelitos for fun. And then that's it, that's the program. So that is what's ahead. If you're excited for that, let me hear a big round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we wanna start with some papelitos? Sure, you all got right. one for us? We got, okay, thank you everybody for filling out. They're over there. Basket, uh, Producer Jeff, will you bring the basket? Thank you. Producer Jeff is my husband. He's the original, original music and sound engineer for Tamarindo. Okay. So if y'all know the podcast, we always share our matracas, our basuras, and our calmas. So we want to know, we always want to share what we're celebrating, what we're letting go of, and what's keeping us grounded. So let's read a few. So for Matraca, I'm reading uh, this first one, spending time with loved ones and re-watching Felicity. Hey, oh, yes, you know Felicity. what, you know what? Felicity was a great show for me because it was like the curly hair. I was curly like, okay, represent. Yes. I really resonated with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing you're putting in the trash? White supremacy, yes. gatekeeping, yes. Transphobia, all, all in the basura. And then lastly, how are you saying grounded? Reading and listening to podcasts. So hopefully you're listening to Tamarindo too. Hey, okay. I love it. Those are some great ones. Okay, let's see if I can read this handwriting. Okay, I'm gonna have to switch that one. Okay, okay. What's one thing bringing you joy? Um, celebrating the beautiful Latinx femmes running for office in LA. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. What's one thing you're done with putting in la basura? The notion that white men should be or are only ones who can. Lend, everybody can lend. I think that's what that says, lend, is that correct? Yes? Fuck the patriarchy, lead. Lend or lead, fuck the patriarchy, yes. And what's one way you're staying grounded is community building, yes. That's, that's right up our alley, love it, okay. We read some papelitos, Ana Sheila, ¿qué pasa contigo? ¿Qué pasa? What's okay. new with you? <laughs> okay, well, the first thing is I'm still thinking about Bad Bunny this weekend. Yes. Raise your hand. Who was there? Who was at the Raise Bad your hand if you're a Bad Bunny. Oh, okay. Muchos okay. conejitos. Y'all, I'm still wearing, I'm wearing the shirt that I was wearing at the concert. I'm trying to stay in that energy as long as but I did can. Did you wash it? As long as I can handle this, my own smell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing I want to say is like, this is a, the other thing I'm thinking about. Is this a big deal that we're here? And I just want to share with y'all, like a few years ago, I wouldn't be able to do something like this. I had a really big fear and anxiety around public speaking. Mira, she's got a podcast. <laughs> so I want to give a matraca. 
I want to give a matraca to Brenda because I feel like I oh, set an intention you. several years ago that I wanted to stop hiding. I wanted to use my voice more. So she met me when I was on a panel, really pushing myself. Because I first- noticed that she was a great speaker. <laughs> and, it, and it was the first time that I was out as a queer person publicly. And it was a big deal. She came up to me after we became friends. And then eventually she invited me to be a co-host of this podcast. And before that, I would have said no. But because I had set this intention, I was like, you're literally giving this to me on a platter. I have to say yes. Yeah, and, and I've you're gotten, make me cry. <laughs> I've overcome so much fear and anxiety because of, because of this podcast. So for anyone that has little or big dreams, take those little pasitos. Don't let fear get in your way because it's, it's worth it. And so I want to give you a matraca, Brenda, oh, because look at, so look at us right now. Oh, my God. Thank you, Anashe. That is so, super, super sweet. Well, I, my, my que pasa is not as thoughtful. <laughs> I'm excited that we're here in Highland Park. So thank you again to the Pop Hop for having us here in Highland Park. And I, I moved to Lincoln Heights uh, in 2018 with producer Jeff over here, my, my husband. And, you know, I'm also like embracing my new neighborhood, getting used to like also just being a better person, like trying to like recycle more, trying to compost. I started composting. That shit was difficult, but I still do it. But you know, the other thing, I was like, okay, I got, I got comfortable with composting, so let me graduate, let me graduate to those refill shops where you refill your own soap. And I gotta th- thank Rudy's, Rudy's fiance, because she posted this TikTok about how to do it, because it was very intimidating. Like, how do you go to these stores to go refill out your, your soap, right? It was very intimidating, right? Well, okay, her video encouraged me, so I went, I, I, got, I gotta get my own bottles, right? You gotta get your own bottles. You gotta walk into the refill shop and wash your hands, your own, you wash your hands. You fill the bottles, you fill up the bottles. You have to, oh, before you do that, you have to weigh the bottles. You have to take a picture that, 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 to, to prove that you didn't lie about how much the bottles weigh. You fill it out yourself. So after I do all of this, I go to check out feeling fucking great because look at me, I'm like, like, you know, like I'm recycling and I'm refilling my own shit. <laughs> and then they have the audacity to like flip the screen over for a tip. I'm like, girl, I did everything. Like, why am I going to tip you? So anyways, these are some of the things that I'm getting used to in Highland Park. It's like, okay, got to recycle, got to do composting, but I also have to tip you. So anyways, la basura too, like a little bit excessive with the tipping. I I used to be a server. I believe in tipping, but if if you do very little and all you do is flip the tab, no, basura to that, (laughs) basura to that. All right, so we've caught up, and I appreciate you, Ana Sheila. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you spent extra time. She moved to Mexico City, but we still have this podcast going strong, even with borders between us, but she's here in town, and we are taking advantage, and we're so grateful to be here in community with all of you, and I'm so grateful to you, Ana Sheila, and thank you all for being here. Another big round of applause. Okay. So now we're going to have a very, very special treat, as I mentioned. So let me tell you who's up next. And you're going to give us a little bit of time to adjust our, our, our setting here. But first, let me tell you about her. Um, we have Irene Diaz, who's a Highland Park native. Irene Diaz over here, yes. She is a singer-songwriter who recently toured with Carla Morrison, who, by the way, produced her most recent album. And... Irene Diaz has been on Tamarindo. We've been longtime fans. We've been longtime fans of Irene and Carolyn who performed together. We're so grateful that they're here. And let me tell you a little bit more. So she's performed for NPR's Tiny Desk, captivating audiences back then. 
And um, NPR Felix, NPR's Felix Contreras, who we love, he says, quote, that Irene has a sultry voice that's only become more expressive with age and is seemingly without fault in any genre that she sings. And we couldn't agree more. So welcome, Irene. Oh my goodness. Hi, everybody. My name is Irene Diaz. <laughs> and this is my wife, Carolyn Cardoza, with me. And thank you so much, Tamarindo Podcast, for having us. They reached out a couple of days ago, and I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. The song is called Call Me. This way now. We took it fast, we took it slow. We have a long, long, long way to go. And now we're apart, I'm in the dark, missing your touch, and I'm missing your heart. Are you alone? Don't wanna know. Pulling me under, I'm losing control. in slow motion but now it seems we're fading away cannot love withstand this commotion but no I'll do whatever it Missing, missing, missing 
Thank you. Got time for one more? Yes, you do, especially for this song. Yes. All right. Cool. This one's called Crazy Love. See, I'll follow you through the bluest of days. And I'll come for you every which way. Cause I'm crazy in love. I'm so crazy in love. I can't get enough. No, I'll never get enough of you, my love. See, the days are so good And the nights are so sweet Baby, you put me in the mood You sweep me off my feet But there's days when you're sad So I'll do all I can Honey, you've got all my love many unique experiences and ideas within the Latino community, but we don't always hear those perspectives when mainstream media is so polarized. 
That's why I'm excited about Pulso y Péndulo, a brand new weekly podcast for Spanish speakers who don't fit into the typical conservative versus liberal mold. The hosts come from different backgrounds, but they share a deep desire to fight polarization and disinformation. Carlos Grubello is a former congressman from Miami. He was elected as a Republican, but worked with his colleagues on both sides of the aisle to tackle climate change, gun control, and much more. And Fabiola Galindo is an Emmy-nominated journalist born in Peru and based in New York who has covered the Latino community for more than a decade. They bring different perspectives to controversial issues that are top of mind in the U.S. Plus, they keep a watchful eye on news in Latin America. Recent episodes have covered the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona in Puerto Rico and the debate surrounding President Biden's student debt forgiveness plan. Join the conversation. Check out Pulso y Péndulo today. New episodes drop every Thursday. Find Pulso y Péndulo on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. McDonald's se está transformando en el mundo anime de McDonald's y te trae la nueva savory chili McDonald's sauce. Los mejores sabores se unen en esta legendaria salsa para que tus 10-piece chicken McDuggets, papitas y Sprite se conviertan en un meal ultra poderoso. Desbloquea un manga con tu meal y disfruta de un corto de anime cada semana. Solo en McDonald's. Badabababa, go! En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado hasta agotar existencias. Now, Ana Sheila, who do we have as our special guest today for our interview portion of the program? All right, we're so excited. We're so grateful for our special guests. So first up, we have City Council Member Elect Eunices Hernandez. Give a hand for Eunices Hernandez. So real quick, Eunices. Eunices has led campaigns, coalitions, and commissions that effectively put a check on politicians and transform policies that were harming people in our community. She made history by winning against an incumbent earlier this year, yes. showing that Los Angeles is ready for a new type of leadership centered on inclusion. Please welcome Eunices to the stage. Yes. Okay. Got you over here. ¿Y quién más? ¿Quién más? Who else is here? We're also so grateful to have our friend Rudy Espinosa, Executive Director of Inclusive Action, an organization with a mission to bring people together to build strong local economies that uplift low-income urban communities. He's an urban planner with a passion for neighborhoods, entrepreneurism, and financial empowerment. Yes, Rudy, Okay, so Rudy, we're gonna start with you. In your words, What do you do and why, and what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Action is a nonprofit, and uh, what I tell my friends that I, that I do is we do two things. The first thing that we do is we advocate for better, uh, better political systems. We believe that our communities uh, are not getting what they deserve, and so we advocate with others to try to change those policies. And the second thing that we do is we try to get money in people's hands. We have a really successful microloan fund that supports small businesses. Uh, we're doing a lot of work. Uh, uh, we have a growing portfolio of uh, work that's focused on commercial real estate and making sure businesses can stay in the community Um, that are seeing a lot of change. Um, and I do, uh, I do this work because um, I, I'm really angry. I tell people that, I, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I'm really angry because I, I love the, the folks in our community and I'm seeing what's happening. And the, I'm, I'm really driven by uh, what I think is a better way. And so I'm really passionate about what we do and, um, and the people that I do it with. And so that's why I'm here. Yes. Thank you. 
And now, Anisis, you're joining us after a historic win. What did you set out to do when you chose to run, and what is your why? You know, there were, I had been doing work for a long time around criminal justice reform. I'm an abolitionist, trying to close down men's central jail, trying to bring money back into community. And seeing that work of bringing people back home, reuniting families, removing collateral consequences, giving people second chances, that wasn't enough anymore. Even though we were having tremendous success with Measure J that just passed in 2020, because when I would go outside on a Tuesday morning when the trash collection comes, there's the same lady digging through the recycling bin to get to make money every week. And it's not just on my block, it's everywhere. And so I decided to run because we had experience for nine years, no leadership, no access to services in this district, starved of those things. And I do it, why? Because our people have been left behind. I, you know, I'm a person who always pushes for the underdog, no matter what, because our communities have been put into that role, you know? Um, when you think about how COVID hit, it was our community, Latinx community that experienced, especially in this district, that experienced the biggest blunt force of that, the biggest loss of life. And so that's, that's why I do this work, so we don't leave people behind, so that we can dismantle the patriarchy in the bureaucratic system, but also even within the movement. I co-founded an organization called La Defensa that works towards removing the power that the judiciary has at the local level and you know beyond. Um, and in that space, we have really pushed to break the norms of what a nonprofit looks like. But why? Because the norms have kept us from actually moving forward, from progressing. So I do, it, I do this work. I ran for office because too many of our communities have been left behind. And it's time for change. So I threw down, and we won. Yeah. 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 points I want to make. If you are listening to Tamarindo, our very last episode, we talked about the Defenders of Justice. So listen to that because there is, are some Defenders of Justice here or Nova? Yes, yeah! awesome. Yes. So speaking of reforming the judiciary, like look up Defenders of Justice. These are the, ju the judges that you need to vote for and listen to our last episode. <laughs> I want to stay with you, Anisa's Something that we observed in your race is um, your ability to bridge different segments of the people that make up CD1 and unite them behind a shared vision. And it was very inspirational um, and, and it was fantastic. I'm so glad that you are my representative. I'm so happy for that. You know, you were able to kind of bridge neighbors, bring them together and then center them around what you want to see, you know, the visions of policy of policies of inclusion and compassion, especially around housing and justice reform. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about how your team was able to bridge these alliances and why that matters. We were able to bridge the alliances. Well, first, our team was made up of people who were from CD1 or have been displaced from CD1, who recognize the issues, who have experienced the issues. That's where we started off with. Um, we knocked on 67,000 doors. We, yes. yeah, it, it was, you know, we, we launched on October 15th. So even when we talk about, you know, building the bridges, it was a very, very narrow timeline. But the thing is, we're all experiencing crises. There's over 10 neighborhoods in this district and they're all experiencing a lot of the same things. Lack of affordable housing, displacement. This district lost double digits. This neighborhood lost double digits in the Latinx community in the last nine years. And so being able to talk about the homelessness crisis, public safety, everybody has a little bit of a different take to it but we're all going through some of these same crises. And so to, be, to knock on the doors and say, we hear you, there's some things we can do. 
You're worried about public safety. You're worried about, you know, having trash in your neighborhood. Well, our vision is a city where you have, you know, clean streets, where you have access to mental health crisis response teams. So it was really just letting people know and addressing one, their issues, but also we all have a shared vision, you know, of what we want to see, which is people housed, access to services. And I think grounding people and reminding that we have more things in common than we have differences was really helpful because they put over $1.3 million against our campaign. These mailers were saying that we wanted to get people off death row, that we wanted to legalize all drugs, that we wanted to do X, Y, and Z. I'll say this, not all of them was lies, you know, <laughs> but, but it was to sow distrust, to sow, you know, um, so that we wouldn't be able to connect with each other and so that they would see me as the bad guy. But, you know, it's knocking on the doors that really helped us connect with community and that's um, how we won. Even we beat all the money they put against us because we met people where they were at and just shared the vision of a better community that we all want. Yes, I, I have a... Um, amazing. I have a quick anecdote. We have some friends that just moved to CD1 and so I was telling them, you gotta vote for Unisys, you know, they, and, and they're like, oh, it's so funny because I got a phone call and every, it was basically a call to, you know, badmouth you. And they're like, yeah, I'm for that. Yeah, I'm for that. So it actually backfired. I think that the messaging truly backfired in some cases. All right, so Rudy, Rudy, we are familiar with the ways that Inclusive Action fights for economic inclusion, including your longstanding work alongside our street vendors. So what can you tell us about the challenges and opportunities that street vendors face and what you've learned in advocating for these entrepreneurs? Well, I think um, I think most people know, uh, Brenda, that uh, street vendors, at least in the city of L.A., have for a, lo for a long time, for decades, have been criminalized. Uh, there's even art pieces by famous artists that depict street vendors getting busted by the police. And it was only until recently, after, after many, many years of organizing and folks uh, speaking up, that change began to happen. And that really started in 2016 through 2018. Um, and the challenge that they face is that they are not seen. Uh, kind of to riff off what Onisa said. Many vendors don't have access to their government. Uh, they don't know who to go to for help. Um, and many of them are really truly in the informal economy and they, have, they don't feel trust and they don't have enough trust to be able to, to reach out to somebody to say, hey, um, what I'm trying to do is take care of my family. I'm trying to, take, I'm trying to build a business. Um, how do I do that? Um, oftentimes we've been getting a recently, a lot of folks are saying, well, Rudy, the street vendors are, you know, are, uh, you know, increasing crime in this neighborhood because we see other crime happening around them. And, and I often sort of tell them that, Hey, you know, the street vendors that I know are also concerned about the same thing, but they're afraid of reaching out to anyone because they themselves don't feel secure. And so what we need to do is, you know, reach out to them where they are and bring them into our economy and bring them into our community because, um, all the people that I know and the vendor, the hundreds of vendor leaders that went up to Sacramento this past year with us, man, all, you want these people to be your neighbors, trust. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, a lot of vendors actually really increase safety and really support economic mobility for brick and mortar businesses and others. But we haven't been able to um, really tell that story because of all the distrust that's sowed by people that are afraid of any change. Yeah. And um, your story reminded me a little bit of something that happened in CD1, which is this, you know, it, during the pandemic, right across from where we live, Avenue 26, this, this thriving, amazing spirit of entrepreneurship was, was blossoming on Avenue 26. I mean, it was amazing. There was, I don't know, probably 36 different vendors and great 
opportunity to come together, try foods from around the world. It was wonderful. But there was also, you know, trash. There was also, because there weren't, so there was the support from the city at the time, the sitting, uh, sitting city council member, there weren't trash cans. There wasn't support. But rather than supporting these vendors, they shut it down. So, you know, what, what has been your, your experience with street vending? And, and like, what, are you, what visions do you have? And how are you going to work together, for example, with Rudy, so that we can have a more inclusive economy for street vendors? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this piece. I... I've been meeting with street vendors at this commissary in Cypress Park on Figueroa that are getting displaced. It's about like, I don't know, I think several dozen of them. Some of these paleteros are my paleteros. They're the ice cream trucks that have been driving on my block since I was a kid, Don Isaac. And so when we think about what we can do, 21st century commissary model, a collective so that they themselves can own the commissary. They themselves can empower each other to make money, to be owners. Because right now, they're tenants of a tenant, you know, at this commissary. And so I, oh, I, this is one of my, one of the most, one of the things that I'm hoping to push off as soon as we get in is to find the property, to find the resources, to give these vendors their own commissary so that they can start their own collective, so that they can make their own money. And I don't know, I, I'm just so excited about that project. Yes. I hope we can work together on it. We will. Absolutely. I'm sure we will. Um, but, we heard it yeah. here, folks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, one thing to add is that, um, and that like, I hope that everybody here is like feeling the excitement of a, of a leader that's, that's starting with yes. Um, we've been working on this, and our coalition has been working on this for over a decade. And at every step of the way, uh, the leader is starting with no. And then we have to move them to maybe, like, think about it. And there's so much opportunity in our city. There's so many resources at our disposal. The street vendors themselves have great ideas. But nobody listens. And there's not a leader that's saying, yeah, that seems like a problem. Like, let's start with yes, and let's figure this out. Let's talk together. And you're going directly to them. That doesn't happen. And I'm super excited about the leadership of Onesis because this is, I hope, is going to be a, a, a tidal wave of new leadership that is starting with yes. Fantastic. One last question, and then I'll pass it back to Anastina. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, opportunity for new leadership, just real quick, we've got an election coming up. What are some things, some races, Onisa's maybe, that we ought to be thinking about so that we could support you so that you have some allies when you go up to speak Hell yeah, because I can't do nothing by myself. And like we said through the whole campaign, it's when we, get, when we get into City Hall, we all get into City Hall. But there's many races still on the line. One person cannot do it. Most people think that LA City Council, who's not here because we know that they're not progressive, most people think on the outside that the council is, but it's not. We have many seats on the table. Hugo Soto-Martinez for CD, CD 13. Aaron Darling for CD 11. Faisal Gill for City Attorney. Kenneth Mejia for Controller. These, all these people play a role into us getting that property for the commissary, into us building out mental health crisis response teams that are effective. We need everybody. And also Danielle Sandoval for CD15. We have Elizabeth right here who's running for judge in LA County. Anybody we need her to be a judge. So all of these roles are critically important. Please, a lot of the crises that we're experiencing are political decisions. We need to get politically engaged. If not, we're going to get the same thing that we've gone for the last 10 years, which is not prioritizing our communities, displacements, evictions, no affordable housing. And if folks are cool with that, then don't engage. But I know my people cannot afford any more of the same. And so that's why we threw down. And that's why I hope you also throw down and bring 10 people with you to vote and vote early because 
the anxiety that we had waiting for the numbers to come oh in gosh. for a month. Like, <laughs> we don't have health insurance like that, so please, vote early. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the work that you both do is so, so important, but we're also talking about people's livelihoods, which you do really makes a difference. And I feel like that can also be really taxing emotionally, right? Um, so while on the show, we really uplift, we amplify the work, the amazing work of our community members like, like y'all, we also really push for taking care of ourselves, protecting ourselves so that we can do the best work for our community. So Rudy, I want to ask you, how do you protect and take care of yourself given all the work that you do? Man, I have a, I have like a, like what I call a system. I have like a routine every day. So like I get up at the same time. I have to have the coffee at the same time. It, but I like to run. Um, running is important to me. Um, and uh, I also have a close group of friends that I really lean on. That I feel like uh, this crew is uh, is people that I feel like I don't have to perform in front of. I don't know if you guys relate to that, but like these are people that I could just be like, I could be grumpy, I could be happy, I could be whatever, and they're still gonna accept me. And so th that's like the crew that on a tough week I go and like, hey, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the system, the routine every day helps me stay grounded, but then also the homies. The homies, shout out to the homies. What about you, says? So what are some things that you're doing right now to stay grounded, especially as you're coming into this, this big role? How are you preparing yourself for that? So for me, it's rest. Um, I feel like, you know, I've been a part of certain movements for so long. To go from movements to this, it's been exhausting. I barely survived after the primary, physically and mentally, emotionally. It was one of the loneliest things I've ever done in my whole life. Even if I had a team around me, it was still lonely because no one knows exactly what you're going through. No one knows how those hit pieces, you know, impact you. And so for me, it was rest. For me, it was going back to Mexico, to Oaxaca, to DF, to connect with the ancestors, to remind myself that this is where we, this is where I come from, my loved ones come from, and the homies piece. You know, being able, to, like, I'm a council member elect, but that's an identity separate from Eunices. And so I am, the way I'm staying grounded the most is by staying connected with my girlfriend so that I could have a space, you're right, to be grumpy, to be tired, to be happy, to experience true joy with. Um, and I don't know what I would do without those femmes. I really hold it down with me. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Give it up for the femmes and the All right. So one last question for each of you. How, for our listeners, for the audience here live, how can people support your work? And also an opportunity, any last message that you didn't get to share before this? What do you all want to leave the audience and the listeners with? Uh, Rudy, let's start with you. Man, I have, a, I have two things. So the first one is that I think that um, the victory that Onesis had for our community is huge. And there's many, there's, hopefully there's more coming. But I think as a community, sometimes we think that that's it. And then Onesis, do your thing. And I think that we have to not forget that we got work to do on day one with, with her and others. And so we need to stay active. We need to make sure that our neighbors are understand what, what, how local government works. We need to make sure that we're holding everybody accountable, but we have to, we have to, have, her, we have, to have her back. 
So that's the one request that I have for folks, especially in this district and my district. Um, the second thing is, you know, um, inclusive action has a lot of visions for the future. We want to support the vendors that are trying to buy commissaries. We need, we need that. Uh, we want to make sure this new uh, policy that just passed at the governor signed Senate Bill 972 is implemented properly. We need resources for that. And so I think the one, uh, one thing that I'm putting out into the universe is, is friends that have resources that could be connected to this work, that are interested in a new way, that understand that what we currently have isn't working, and they need to be part of a coalition of folks that need to put resources behind it. So I guess I'm looking for new homies that are new, not new part homies. of this, that are not part <laughs> of this circle. With money. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Anisis? Well, vote for Liz, please. Yes, Step one. Yes. We need, I know I mentioned it earlier, but we have hundreds of courts and they deal with family. They do, raise your hand if you've been to traffic court. <laughs> A lot of people, judges handle that. So that's number one. Please vote. I know I said it already, but it's, it's crucial, especially in this moment where we're in a tidal wave of shift. You know, we have that opportunity where at, at the end of October or at the end of November, we can be like, damn, we did it. Or damn, we have Mitchell Farrell still. So, you know, you decide what you want. Um, one uh, second piece is, if I could just ask you all to just be more compassionate, more patience and have more love, especially for the people who are experiencing homelessness, who are experiencing mental health crises, um, who we don't uplift like vendors because a lot, of the, a lot of the things that they're experiencing have been because they've been left behind, oftentimes intentionally. These are systemic failures, and we can't keep blaming individuals because we as a society have failed them. And so it's taken years for me to get my family to a point where, where they see somebody on the street, they don't blame that person anymore, but blame like, Department of Mental Health has over $3 billion. Why is this person experiencing homelessness right now with mental health crises? And so I just ask that you try to bring more compassion, love, and patience into your life and into how you're seeing people who are experiencing the most deepest crises. Yes, thank you so much. All right, with that, we want to thank both of you. You've left us some great homeworks and some to-dos. You've inspired us. We're thinking about our homies. We're thinking about all the work. So just let's give them another round of applause for our guests for today. Thank you, Onisis Hernandez. Thank you, Rudy Espinosa. We want to thank um, Irene Diaz and Carolyn. Tell me your last name. What is it? Cardosa. Okay, Irene Diaz and Carolyn Cardosa. Please check out the album Lovers and Friends. Let's give them a big round of applause. I want to thank producer Jeff, producer Jeff for staffing this, setting up the mics, renting the speaker, driving, all of it. He's just the best. And I want to, of course, thank the Pop-Up. We want to, take the, to thank the Pop-Up for hosting us. Give them a big round of applause. Yes. And to Johnny's Bar Next Door for the Tamarindo Drink Specials. With that, this concludes our program. Thank you so much. We hope you hang out and we can talk to y'all. Yes. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Anashayla Victorino. Our producers are Mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Sonoro. 
cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.